It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two of Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi and Bebfe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado talking all things NCAA tournament. Round two action underway. We've got a game going on in Pittsburgh between Houston and Illinois. The Cougars lead 27-23. to 23. There were about a minute and a half left in the first half. We'll touch on that in a little bit here. But joining us now in studio, our first guest, he is none other then VEASAN writer and Point Spread Weekly contributor Adam Burke here in the South Point. Adam, we appreciate you joining the show this morning. We hope the NCAA tournament has been treating you well. Uh, wanted to start off with this second round game. We were talking about this one during the break. It seems like the stakes are incredibly high in Texas-Purdue because the winner would get St. Peter's in the Sweet 16. Now, I want to ask you about this coaching matchup. Chris Beard has had a lot of success in the tournament. Matt Painter, not quite as much. How much does the coaching matchup factor in to your handicap. Yeah, I think the coaching matchup factors in a ton for exactly what you just said. I mean, Matt Painter's a guy that there's a lot of pressure on him, especially now when you look at what happened with Iowa and Fran McCaffrey, another guy who's had a lot of issues in the NCAA tournament. I feel like now Matt Painter goes into this and he, you know, there there is that extra little bit of, you know, anxiety, stress, whatever you want to call it here. The thing of it is for me, you know, I had Virginia Tech. I did take them against Texas in that first round game. And, you know, Texas is a team that, 
I just haven't been impressed with throughout most of the season. And I feel like they've kind of been propped up by association by being in that Big 12 conference. That's kind of helped out their efficiency metrics and all of that. That defense will get tested today by this Purdue offense. I think it's a really interesting game in a variety of different ways. And, and exactly what you said, you know, the winner gets what should be a pretty good Sweet 16 matchup against St. Peter's. So, yeah, I mean, I, I lean Purdue a little bit in this game just because I don't trust Texas. But also, there aren't many reasons to trust Matt Painter, as you alluded to. <laughs> Well, and if we're th- breaking down, trying to handicap it, we do handicap. We know this, Adam. We got to handicap coaches. Even with Chris Beard coming over from Texas and a number of transfers coming over to the team, it's been a struggle, I think, offensively to find their identity. You do have a, a veteran backcourt in there and, and Courtney Ramey. I think the, the what I want to see is the matchup, not only with Texas, how to try to defend Travion Williams and, in particular, Zach Eady through the post, because we have seen it for Purdue, really try to force feed, and he's and he's such a monolith on the, in the post area for Zach Eady to, to get in there. He's done a much better job this year from last year, really worked on not only his footwork, but his hands. At halftime, he couldn't catch the ball last year. So they've done a great job with him working on his fundamentals within the post game. But I think we're going to see Texas have to be very aggressive in their double teams coming over the week side. Kind of what we're seeing out of Houston today, matching up with Kofi Colbert. Now, Texas doesn't really have those type of interior, that, that length on the interior to get in there. But having to p- apply good ball pressure on that entry pass, I think, for one, with Texas is going to be key. And then the matchup I'm really interested to see. Jaden Ivey, terrific talent, especially out in transition, matching up against Courtney Ramey in the back for, for Texas. He's a terrific on-ball defender, too. Do, does Jaden Ivey get kind of taken out of this game, not only with Ramey being able to be physical and defend him, but also half-court, everything flows through the post? I think we see, guys, that Purdue, when they do try to get everything flowing through the post area, there's a lot of standing around and watching as opposed to a lot of flow offensively when he's not on the floor. I kind of favor Texas in this matchup with the coaching piece that you talked about, as well as getting those numbers. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game and 10 towards that under sitting at 134 and a half as well as Texas taking the points. We're speaking with Adam Burke here, VEASAN writer, contributor to Point Spread Weekly. We talked about the coaching matchup with Painter and Chris Beard. Of course, the coaching matchup that everybody is excited for, including CBS, I'm sure, is Tom Izzo and Coach K for the final time in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, What do you make of the side and total in this game, Michigan State taking on Duke? Yeah, you know, look, I mean, for Michigan State here, this this game comes down to how well they shoot from three because Duke's perimeter defense, as we saw you know, late in the regular season, as we saw in the ACC tournament, they have issues defending the perimeter. And Michigan State is a very good three-point shooting team. They have been throughout the year. It's really been their one signature attribute for this season. Mm-hmm. How well do they shoot? That's it. That's what this handicap boils down to for me. And because of that, the more I start looking at this game, the more I start thinking about taking the Duke side of it. Okay. Because I think that it's so dependent on Michigan State to shoot 38, 39, 40% from three that if they don't do it, I don't see how they're able to hang around in this game. Duke does have their issues, but Duke is a very athletic team, a very long team, a team that's going to score its points here in this matchup. And, of course, you've got this total going up to 147. So the implication here is for a higher-scoring game. I do think that is something that benefits a Duke team that I do trust offensively quite a bit more. So, Adam, thinking about the intangibles that come into this game with all the hoopla, and we know it's Coach Izzo and Coach K, their last meeting throughout their careers, and it's been great. The last time we saw them in the the tournament, Elite Eight game 2019 that Michigan State was able to take down with a number of uh, great players on that team for Duke. The one-and-done method that we've seen out of Coach K uh, over the last handful of years really changed his recruiting process to go that route. 
How do you make that in this game where you know it's Izzo? They are in Greenville, South Carolina, the home home court advantage in a sense there. We know it's going to be definitely be a pro-Duke crowd. Do you feel like not only for the kids, there is pressure on the kids to have to perform, but even some of those favorable calls, do you feel like that might favor into the hand, is factor into your handicap if you want to get involved with this game? It's certainly a possibility. You know, I mean, we, we obviously saw the, the officials do whatever they could to get Baylor back in that game yesterday. <laughs> you know, they're, they're trying to get those top seeds through as far as they possibly can because, you know, that's something that, that does help with the ratings, does help drive money for this tournament. And obviously a guy like Coach K, is, you know, a narrative that kind of writes itself, a story, I should say, that writes itself here. Like I said, to me, I mean, Michigan State 15 of 62 from three over their last three games. That's what this boils down to, to me. Maybe Duke gets a favorable whistle. It wouldn't be a big shocker. As James alluded to, they will have that home court advantage in Greenville. Like I said, the more I looked at this game, the more I thought Duke. And and there's just so many things kind of pointing me in that direction. At the same time, it wouldn't be totally shocking to see Duke, you know, fall short early in the tournament as they have a few times here in recent years. It's interesting because we've been hearing about this Duke, the pressure on these players. And one thing we're talking with Wes Reynolds, he always says that if you know about it, the odds makers know about it. So it's like almost can you actually fade Duke just based off of these players have so much pressure that this is could be Coach K's final game? Or is it I'm like, like is that being overblown, I guess, is what I want to ask you. I think it's being overblown a little bit. Also, too, I mean, you think about Michigan State, and when you started looking at their tournament resume, it wasn't particularly good. You know, they're a team, as I talk about with Texas, kind of propped up by their conference affiliation. I think that was part of the formula there with Michigan State as well. And this number is only six and a half. You know, and, and I kind of looked at it in the same breath as, as the Ohio State-Villanova game, where that number is only five and a half. And I do like Ohio State in that one for what it's worth, but it does feel like the Big Ten is getting this certain level of respect from the odds makers, and that's kind of built into this line a little bit, along with, you know, the possibility that, you know, those Duke players do have a lot on their minds, a lot on their shoulders here. I just think they're, they're the better team, and they can overcome it here, but maybe as we get to the Sweet 16 or get to the Elite Eight, that's where it may kind of show itself. Mm-hmm. And Adam, for me, we were talking about this game in the last hour, if Emmy and I were, and looking at Joey Hauser, had his best game in the two years that he's been there with Sparty, 27 points, and it was a good matchup for him playing a Davidson team that is not going to require him to really be physical on the interior, on the defensive side. I just think for Hauser transferring from Marquette, this was not, he's never really fit into the system with with Izzo and how he requires his team to be defensive-minded and physical on that end of the floor. For Hauser, he was able to explode for 27 points in that game against Davidson. And, yeah, Duke's perimeter defense, they just really don't sell out on ball screens and work hard on that on the, on the, out, on the exterior to try to contend and, and contest threes. But if I'm going to take Michigan State, that means I'm betting on Joey Hauser to have a repeat performance, and I just don't see that happening two games in a row. What's your assessment of this perimeter team for Michigan State in the backcourt along with Joey Hauser at the forward position? Because Cassius Winston is not putting on that headband and strolling back onto the court <laughs> for Sparty in this game. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you know, Michigan State is a team that shot 37% from three throughout the season, and they did so in a fairly weak defensively Big Ten conference. You know, I mean, the Big Ten is largely built on offensive teams. We saw that wind up being a problem for Iowa already in this tournament. It could be a problem for Purdue in that game that we just talked about. So the fact that Michigan State's not shooting it well here of late, because that that's the one big weakness for the Duke Blue Devils is that perimeter defense. So, you know, that is a great concern for me here for Michigan State. And, and it's also a concern, too, because, you know, as James alluded to, you, know, you get the big Hauser game. You, you kind of wonder – 
who is the go-to guy for this Michigan State team? Yeah. You need a go-to player in the NCAA tournament unless you're deep and you're you know talented across the board like a Gonzaga or somebody like that where a lot of guys contribute. If you don't have a lot of guys capable of contributing, someone has to be that go-to player. And I don't know who that is for Michigan State here today. We got a couple minutes left here, Adam, before well, we're heavy for two segments, though, so we can continue the college basketball talk on the other side as well as dipping into some of the NFL. But we haven't talked about this TCU and Arizona game just yet. The Wildcats, the number one seed out there in the South region, they're laying nine and a half against the Horn Frogs, total 145 and a half. But TCU has been playing a little bit better as of late. They beat Texas in the Big 12. Do you think that they have enough to tr- stay within this number against what might be the best team in the country? I do think Arizona is the best team in the country. I did take them to win the NCAA tournament here. And look, you know, I I got to see them in the Pac-12 tournament. I got to follow them throughout the season quite a bit. You know, they play at a heightened tempo, which allows them to cover numbers like this because they're the better team on offense and defense in every single game that they play. And they're very efficient on, you know, with and without the ball. So in a game like this, the question to me is, is TCU able to slow this game down? And the total implies that they won't, being up in the mid-140s. But you have a significant pace war here, where TCU is a team that's about 250th in tempo. Arizona's been a top-10 team all year. TCU has to find a way to slow this game down. And I don't think they can do it, because they turn the basketball over way too much. Their best attribute is their offensive rebounding. But Arizona is a team that's got some height in the middle. Their defensive rebounding numbers weren't great during the season. But I still don't think TCU has a lot of success on the glass in this game. They're going to turn the ball over way too much. They don't shoot the three well. I, I think Arizona covers this number. For those who don't know, Adam is from the state of Ohio there, the Cleveland area. So I want to ask you about your Ohio State Buckeyes. They're taking on Villanova here on the other side. And also in the NFL, he's got a new quarterback in Deshaun Watson with his Cleveland Browns. We'll get into all of that, plus the other games in the round of 32 here in the NCAA tournament. We're just rolling along. Adam Burke in studio can hang with us for another segment. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the MGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe, alongside James Salinas out in Colorado. Adam Burke here, VEASAN writer and contributor to Point Spread Weekly, is joining us in studio for segment number dose. We appreciate your time here, Adam, on this Sunday second round of the NCAA tournament. I know it's a big day for you. Your Ohio State Buckeyes will be taking on the Villanova Wildcats here. 1140 is the tip-off, 240 over there on the East Coast. And the Buckeyes at BetMGM catching four and a half points total, 134 and a half here. Defense looked a little bit better against Loyola. Do you think that they can carry it over and possibly be live in this game against the Wildcats? Uh, you know, saying the defense looked a little <laughs> bit better, I, you know, look, it's it's all in the eye of the beholder on that one, right? I mean, Loyola missed a ton of layups. They missed a ton of open looks in that game. But the thing I thought was really interesting to me was Ohio State really struggled offensively from deep. They were one of 15 mm-hmm. from three in that game. 
but they were working Kyle Young back in. They were working Zed Key back in. This is about the healthiest the Buckeyes team has been in a long time. They've had lingering injuries. They had, I think, two different flu outbreaks throughout the season. At full strength, the Buckeyes are a much different team, and they're very close to full strength now at this point in time. I actually like Ohio State today. I played them plus the five and a half. Okay. It's, it's a, there are a couple of things. One, Villanova plays at a very, very slow tempo, extremely slow tempo. When you play at a slow tempo, you can kind of hide your defense a little bit because there aren't as many possessions. If the Buckeyes get some stops, if Villanova misses open shots like Loyola Chicago did, then that's going to help this defense out tremendously. The other thing is, from an offensive efficiency standpoint, both teams are pretty close. Ohio State is very, very good on offense. They have a ton of different scoring options with Liddell, with Branham, now with Young back. So I actually like the Buckeyes to keep this game close here today because I don't think their defense gets as exposed in a low-possession game, and I think the offense does have some success here too. Adam, how do you feel about the total? I was leaning towards the under. I saw it at 132.5 this morning. It's ticking up at BetMGM at 134.5, at least out here in Colorado. And you mentioned it for Villanova. They play through the post. It's going to be a half-court game. It's all about their guards. Gillespie being the post, post, playing through the post down low, backing down opposing guards and, and finding open shooters based on wherever that double team might be coming from. But how do you see the pace of play coming from Ohio State? Will they get themselves into a half-court game? Do you see this kind of playing out for a full 40 minutes where it is a half-court style. They match up with Villanova in the half-court that way, and leaning towards the under is where am I going. How do you feel about this total in this game? Yeah, I think the total move is really interesting here because, as I mentioned, Villanova is one of the slowest teams in the country. Ohio State, each of their last six games, played to 65 or fewer possessions. So they've slowed things down a little bit here throughout the season as well. So when you see a game that has a low-paced expectation and you see the total going up, that says a lot to me about what I just talked about in terms of the offensive efficiency mm -hmm. of these two teams. A lot of sharper betters out there for college basketball do bet totals, not exclusively because of the pace, but it is a very significant factor. And to know that this game will probably be played to a low 60s tempo and see that total moving up, I think that's a really, really interesting indicator of how this game is expected to play out. So from a pace standpoint, yeah, the under makes sense, but seeing this total go up, I think speaks to the offensive efficiency of both teams. We're speaking with Adam Burke here, VEASAN writer, contributor to Point Spread Weekly. Just to clean up college basketball at halftime, Houston leads Illinois 30-26. to 26. Right now, that number at BetMGM, Cougars minus 4.5. The total, 127.5. So James is in pretty good shape there with his underplay. Hope for a close game here. I'm on Houston to reach the Sweet 16, plus 122, but also grab some plus 5 with Illinois to maybe hope for a close game, and we can maybe double up in this second round day. But let's transition over to the NFL here. Adam, you are a Cleveland. Cleveland Browns fan. Cleveland Browns made a big splash. They're trading for Deshaun Watson, but they also traded for a wide receiver. And this wide receiver market, I think, is really fascinating. Acquiring Amari Cooper from the Dallas Cowboys. It didn't take much. It was about a six-round pick, I believe, was the compensation there for Dallas. And it's interesting because there's so many teams that need wide receivers. Green Bay now needs one after trading Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. How do you see this wide receiver market kind of shaking out here as we're now entering the second wave of free agency? and heading toward the draft next month. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, I think it's very interesting from a Browns standpoint because now you sort of have to weigh, was Baker Mayfield the problem or are our wide receivers the problem? Is Donovan Peoples-Jones actually good? Is Anthony Schwartz mm -hmm. a guy that has some upside? I think the Browns have to figure that out internally. But look, a, a, reun a reunion with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller makes way too much sense, right? You know, I mean, he's a guy that played with him, obviously. And also, too, you know, with the Browns making this move to acquire Deshaun Watson, 
you know, they're obviously putting on field performance over a lot of other things. Will Fuller is a guy that was banged up, had the PED suspension, but he's a burner. He's a speedster. He's a guy that Deshaun Watson knows really well. Another guy that I think really fits extremely well for Cleveland and He'll probably end up going back to Green Bay, especially because Devontae Adams is gone. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling would be a really good fit for the Browns because not only can he be a deep threat, and now they actually have a quarterback capable of throwing deep passes, he was also graded as a really good run blocker by Pro Football Focus. And even though Watson is here, you still have Nick Chubb. You still have Kareem Hunt. You still have a running game that will be in the top five in the NFL. So you still want wide receivers that can run block for you. So I think Valdez-Scantling makes a lot of sense. Maybe they replaced Landry with Jamison Crowder in the slot. That could be something that they end up doing. So I think that the Browns are going to be very active here in this free agent market. But, you know, as our producer, Stephen Bond, was talking about during the break, you know, the Browns were probably going to use their first-round pick on a wide receiver. Yep. Now they don't have it anymore. So that really opens up the draft class in terms of wide receivers where teams will have more flexibility to move up, move down. Maybe some wide receivers kind of fall down the board a little bit. So maybe teams opt to go the draft route as opposed to the free agency route. It almost feels like that's going to be the case because we have the graphic of the wide receivers who are still available. And this wide receiver market, it's starting to become a trend now that we're these guys don't get paid as much as they might think they're going to get mm-hmm. paid once they enter the open market. Now, if you're one of the premier guys, you're either going to get franchise tagged or you're not going to be on the open market there. And it's almost fascinating to see that these guys now have to be paid in the secondary market. And a guy, all the guys that we had on the graph there all had some sort of war. Like Julio Jones can't stay healthy. Odell Beckham Jr. is coming off the ACL. Uh, Cole Beasley's older now. Will Fuller has trouble staying healthy. Sammy Watkins, of all people, has trouble staying healthy. Like each one of those guys has some sort of deficiency that might knock you from signing them to where these teams, once those draft markets really open up, Maybe it's the wide receivers to be drafted in the first round over because clearly there's a need, but these guys, the supply that's out there right now is not appealing. Right. No, I think so too. And also look, I mean, think about what just happened with the Cincinnati Bengals, right? You know, everyone talked about them taking Jamar Chase as early as they did. And Jamar Chase seems to have been the right selection for them. And I know that Joe Burrow was hit a ton and and you could still make the case for an offensive lineman, but now they're attacking that market in free agency where it's probably easier to get those guys than it is to get wide receivers. So I agree with you. I think that the draft is going to be probably pretty wide receiver rich in the first round for teams that, you know, have the capability and the currency to move up or those that just happen to have guys fall to them. James, do any of these wide receivers that we have available in free agency, do any of those guys appeal to you? We saw Tennessee just pick up Robert Woods via trade, but we'll have the draft prospects right there. Those guys are always appealing for these teams since they're younger. But what about the free agent guys? Any of those guys you think can make an impact for a contender? I just think Jarvis Landry is somebody that plays with toughness at the wide receiver position. And he, he played through a number of injuries last year, rib injuries. I mean, he was really beat up and banged up all season long, but the guy's a gamer out there and he is, he is a leader on that field from, from how he performs through injury. And I think for somebody, we know the receiver position can be very diva ish, right? Landry is not (laughs) one of those guys. He is a tough minded guy. And I think he not only fits well on your team, taking those tough tough hits over the middle on third down to extend drives and move the sticks but he's also somebody that plays out in the locker room I just think he's got he, he's got that toughness about him that is an intangible that's that that you can't measure on the on the on the statistical charts for a guy like Jarvis Landry but he adds so much toughness to your team I think he'd be a great pickup wherever he might land 
yeah, who knows, maybe a possible reunion with Jarvis Landry going back to Cleveland, but that seems to be unlikely there with the Browns having released Jarvis Landry and how that ended there here. Real quick, Adam, uh, the Cleveland Browns now the favorite to win the AFC North after that trade for Deshaun Watson. Do you agree with that move in the market here, and do you think there's a valuable bet to be made in the AFC North futures market? That Well, I agree with them being favored. I will mm-hmm. say that, yes, because, look, I mean, this is a team that I, obviously I watch week in and week out, and – no ill will towards Baker Mayfield, but he wasn't the answer. He, you know, he needs wide receivers that create separation. He can't throw guys open. He's not accurate enough to do that. His throwing motion takes way too long. It's a significantly massive upgrade for the Browns. And their defense is still good and pretty young. Their offense is talented across the board. You know, what happens with Lamar Jackson? Does he bounce back for Baltimore? Is he able yeah. to stay healthy this year? You know, Cincinnati coming off the Super Bowl. They fixed the offensive line. How good will Burrow be with them? The Steelers are well off the pace now. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Browns are the rightful favorite. I just don't know if there's a whole lot of value there where, even still, I don't know if there's that much of a gap between the three teams. Yeah, the AFC North and the AFC West, it feels like these teams might cannibalize each other. Mm-hmm. It is be so difficult, but so much fun to watch those divisions. He is Adam Burke. You can see his work on vcin.com and Point Spread Weekly. Thank you for joining us, Adam. We appreciate it as always. On the other side, James, let's talk a little Devontae Adams. He's here in Vegas, maybe at the South Point. Who knows? We'll discuss it next. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's and Adult Swim's Rick and Morty are teaming up to invite Las Vegas locals and basketball fans to get Swifty at the first ever Morty's Mayhem pop-up. Located at Resorts World's East Garden Plaza, the immersive experience brings the show off the screen and onto the strip with never-before-seen animations of Wendy's breakfast characters in the Rick and Morty universe and the return of the elusive Pickle Rick Pickle Frosty. Boom! Big reveal! While in the alternate universe, fans can also play a life-size game of Plinko, score exclusive swag, and try items from Wendy's delicious menu lineup. You better hurry to check out Wendy's Morty's Mayhem at Resorts World. It's only open today until 9 p.m. here in Las Vegas. I know James is looking to get after that one. We're going to get jiggy down at the Resorts World, aren't we, buddy? Well, it depends on what we're betting on and how that game's going. I'm going to need something a little stronger than that if Coburn keeps getting these easy looks on the interior that we just saw here in this second half. Right now, fighting a lion on a tremendous run. I think prior to this layup here off this missed shot, they had gone on a 19-7 run to close out the first half and start the second early in the second half of this game to to tie up back even with this game. Actually, we got an and one for Houston here to, to get the lead back up to three, but game's getting tighter, which always helps out the under as well. Yeah, 33-30 is our score. Cougars laying three and a half live number. The total, 126 and a half over at BetMGM. But let's turn our attention back over to the NFL here, James. And Devontae Adams, we talked about him a few weeks ago here on the show about what's going to happen with him. We felt he'd be franchise tag, go back to Green Bay. Well, Devontae Adams had other plans, and he got the tag and told Green Bay, I would like to be the highest paid receiver ever. And they obliged to that, but 
Tony said, you know what? I don't want to be the highest paid receiver here. I want to be in Las Vegas. So Adams, now a Las Vegas Raider teaming up with his college teammate, Derek Carr. And it's interesting to see the trickle down effect with this trade here, because now the draft opens up here for these wide receivers. Green Bay now in need of a wide receiver. We outlined a number of teams. I mean, Dallas, Buffalo, the Cardinals, the Steelers, a number of teams. Everybody could use an extra pass catcher here. But what were your thoughts on this Adams trade and also the effects that it will have now on the draft market, which will open up here in a few weeks? Well, I think for Devontae Adams coming up, I mean, can you blame the dude? I mean, he's getting paid now, and he's coming to Las Vegas. Yeah, no more freezing cold temperatures, playing <laughs> below zero out there in Green Bay. Uh, come out there, enjoy life. I got Femi out here is going to be my yeah, runner to the sports book now. Put some plays in for me. Learn from Calvin Ridley's mistakes. Yeah. You bet. We got a, we got the hookup. And, and and coming back, you know, but being able to play there in Las Vegas, wanted to come back with his former teammate at Fresno, with Derek Carr, and it's going to be the focal point of the passing game for sure, but he's not the only one there. I mean, I really liked what we saw out of Renfro last year, and you have Waller on the on, on the inside as well. Uh, really makes this a versatile offense in the passing game, and Raiders will still run the football. I think obviously the biggest question mark is going to be that rebuilt offensive line from last year. Really didn't translate very well last year from last year with a, a number of moves, where that was really the strength of the Raiders for a number of years, was that offensive line and the transition. Uh, another year older this year, for some of those young players to, to find some cohesive, cohesiveness up front. Uh, and Josh McDaniels coming in and utilizing all these tools at his disposal. I mean, McDaniels, I think I think that's one thing we got to consider, too, is what is this offense going to look like now that McDaniels is taking over? And in the fact that McDaniels is not going to be one that's going to shy away from the run, and he's going to really build his game build his game plan week to week based on the opponent's defense. But, you know, McDaniels now coming in a decade later from his experience in Denver and really matured through that process, I think, for McDaniels. Really tried to just be a Bill Belichick clone when he came here to Denver, and mm -hmm. that did not play out well in the locker room here or with ownership, you name it. It was just a, a, a bad match and really on McDaniels' side, and he knows it. He, grew, he said he grew from that, learned from that experience, is going to be better for it now. Man, I, I, it's fun. AFC, how much fun is the AFC West right yeah. now? Just continues to get packed up, packed up. We're going to just talk about AFC West throughout the season. All it, those teams are just going to beat each other up all season long, Femi. I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be must see TV, and I think we're going to see a lot of nationally televised games with a number of those division teams facing off week in and week out. Yeah, just want to clean something up here. Uh, I will not be Devontae Adams' proxy. Uh, that, that will not be happening. So, NFL, please don't call me. Don't email me. Don't knock on my door. Uh, that will not be me. Although, if he wants to hang out have some drinks, that's always welcome. But you mentioned this AFC West here. I'm looking at the odds board over at BetMGM. The Raiders are plus 600, clearly indicating to me that, like, despite being the long shot, they're not afraid to mix things up and make some of these moves. We've seen them be active this week in the market. They picked up Adams. Adams, they've now picked up Chandler Jones there as a pass rusher from the Arizona Cardinals. Rocky Sin comes along in a trade when they traded Yannick Ngakwe over to Indianapolis. This Raiders team, they're not backing down. They see the quarterbacks in their division. Russell Wilson, um, uh, what's his face? Um, the Justin Herbert for the Chargers, Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs here. Like They're going to be in the mix in this division as well here. Uh, what do you make of this Raiders team now with these additions, especially Chandler Jones, who's been a really premier pass rusher over the last five years. 
Well, for the Raiders, you didn't make that big move from Oakland to Las Vegas to uh, to pare down the roster, right? You, it, it's it's going to be – you have to do that, and they're going to do that. Mark Davis is making those moves knowing full well, not only is because of the AFC West, it's such a competitive division now, but you, you moved to Vegas for a reason, and it's because you're going to put butts and fill Allegiant Stadium up. That was not happening there in Oakland at Coliseum for, for decades. It had just been a struggle. To, the, the fan base was great. The ones that were loyal to it. You've been, if you ever been to the black hole, I went once. It was fun. I had a ton, ton of fun being in that black hole with those guys there. But that was the exception as far as the consistency of the fan base down there in Oakland. So making big splash moves, making being the talk of the town for sure there in Las Vegas. But you you look at this roster still, and yeah, the offensive line's still going to have holes. All these teams mm -hmm. have holes. Every team in the National Football League has holes. But it's going to be exciting football to watch. I mean, how fun is it going to be to go to Allegiant Stadium? And watch oh, this man. Raiders team, the star power there, the AFC matchups. They are still within that division, have the fourth best quarterback in that division. But Derek Carr is still a good player. He's not. Mm -hmm. we're, not we're not talking Baker Mayfield here like we were in the last segment <laughs> with, with the Cleveland Browns and, and Adam Burke, right? I mean, Carr has been around, and he's he's a, he's a he's a good quarterback. I'm not going to say he's he's not a. Yeah, I mean, we saw him melt down in that last in that playoff game against Cincinnati. Couldn't get the job done in the red zone to to advance the Raiders through the playoffs. But he's still he's still a good quarterback. This is going to be a fun team to watch. And I think getting that pass rusher on the other side now. I mean, you're going to have now with really the compliment with Crosby. Crosby now that he's dried out, he was sensational last year coming off that edge. Mm -hmm. You put Jones on the other side, you're going to have to get some pass rushers because of the quarterbacks are going to play week in and week out in that division in the AFC West Femi and the fact that you're going to still have to cover for this secondary. That's the biggest weakness on that defense. It has been for a number of years for, for the Raiders and it, it really, Rocky Sin coming over, that's a piece, but there's still some issues in that secondary. So get after the passer, that'll help your secondary out a ton. Yeah, I think this is really going to bode well for Chandler Jones just because in Arizona, he was the premier pass rusher that teams focused on in terms of their protection schemes. Well, he's not going to be that in Las Vegas. Now with Max Crosby emerging as an all-pro caliber pass rusher, Jones gets to kind of be the secondary guy, kind of the role that Von Miller filled for the L.A. Rams last year. Now Von Miller, we have now seen him go over to Buffalo signing that six-year $120 million deal. Now it's probably more like a three-year deal once you actually get to the brass tacks of the real guarantees and the contract here. But I wanted to ask you, which signing do you think is a bigger deal and is more impactful, Von Miller to the Bills or Chandler Jones to the Las Vegas Raiders? I think it's for the Raiders because you're playing within that division and you're facing Mahomes twice during the season. You're facing Herbert twice during the season. And now Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos twice during the season as opposed to the Bills. Yeah, they, 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 they've struggled for years to get a consistent pass rush going, but you look within that division in the AFC East, and I don't know if there's a quarterback in there that you're going to say, man, this is a we've got to apply pressure. There's no way we can beat New England and Mac Jones. We can't beat Miami and Tua and whatever's going on with the New York Jets cleaning up the the bottom <laughs> the the bottom of the AFC East. I mean, you have to shore up that that 
defensive pass rush in the AFC West for the Raiders with Chandler Jones on the other side with Crosby. So as far as the bigger signing, yeah, I think it was a great signing for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think for the Bills, they needed to do something. This is what mm-hmm. was left was Vaughn Miller. I don't know how much he's got left for 17 games, but as far as the impact goes, much more impactful based on the divisional opponents that we're going to see the Las Vegas play in, in the AFC West. It, it almost feels like the Bills made this signing for January. Like, like maybe put Vaughn Miller on ice until they have to go play Patrick yeah. Mahomes in the playoffs. Yeah, and I, I still think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think it starts with that, with the quarterback position. It's the best secondary in my mind in the AFC for the Bills, and you'll get White back healthy hopefully this coming season. And then if he gets anything out of Von Miller rushing the passer, Rousseau, I think coming from Miami last year's draft choice, I think he's got potential to to continue to get better, but offensively, it just starts with, with that receiving core and Josh Allen. I just think he's such a gamer. He's it, it's And the benefit of playing in the weak division, playing up there in Buffalo late in January to go to the playoffs, or maybe potentially the Super Bowl, I think the Bills are still the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah, the Bills right now at BetMGM plus 350 to win the AFC, and they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl at plus 650. But there's still some more free agency to go through, and the NFL draft coming up later this month in Las Vegas. On the other side, we'll turn our attention back to college basketball. Talk a little more Ohio State Villanova. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, 
it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. So sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLING. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by none other than BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, this Houston-Illinois game is just coming down to the wire. It almost feels like it's a rock fight going on in Pittsburgh. The total right now at BetMGM, 121.5. The Cougars favored by 1.5 on the live line. Well, and I think right now you're going to start to see a lot of free throws being shot in this game. They've tied it, called this game a lot tighter in this second half. We already have 16 fouls on on Houston right now, so they'll be in the bonus. Will the Will the Illini? I made the layup there. So I think what we've seen out of out of the Illini and Underwood trying to make some adjustments is that he's went taller, but he's went younger. He's gone with Good, who who really doesn't get a whole lot of minutes out there. Luke yeah. Good has come on. He's hit a couple threes, and as well as they brought on Melendez, who just went to drive into the basket there as the shot clock expired. Uh, but what we've seen on the other side, Kelvin Sampson, like, all right, you're going to put these two fresh pies out there. We're going right <laughs> at you, and they're getting really abused defensively right now, so it's kind of hit and miss, and there's another second shot coming off, uh, off a missed basket for Hughes. 
Houston because I think that's the adjustment. They went bigger, but they went younger uh, for both Good and Melendez. They put some points on the board, scoring 13 points here, but they are struggling defensively. We'll see how this plays out here. Hopefully it doesn't become a, a free-throw shooting contest and, and slowing the game down watching kids make free throws, or in this case, hopefully miss free throws like they typically do in the tournament. Yeah, the glimpses I've been able to get from watching this game, it has been an absolute war on the glass. Houston has 15 offensive rebounds. They have 32 total rebounds. Illinois only eight boards, but they have 27 rebounds with 19 defensive rebounds. The pregame total, you are looking good because this was 133.5 consensus. I believe you got 134.5, and and right now we are sitting at 120.5. So as long as you don't get the parade to the free throw line or, dare I say it, Overtime, I, I think you should be okay mm-hmm. there with this under in this spot here. So this is going to be a really fun game to keep our eyes on here. 42-40 Houston leads Illinois in this th- second round game out there. The winner goes over to the Sweet 16 to play the winner of the next game that we'll talk about here, James, is Arizona and TCU. Also in the South region, the number one seed Arizona Wildcats, maybe the best team in the country. They're laying nine and a half against the Horn Frogs total, 145 and a half. We heard Adam Burke's thoughts on this one, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on this game between the Wildcats and the Horn Frogs? Yeah, I think we we you think about Villanova and you talk about if efficiency and guard play and how good is Villanova with Gillespie and everything feeds through him offensively, especially getting down in the post. More will go down and post up too, but it's the guards that facilitate the offense like most teams, except they're the ones that are playing through the post and looking for defenders to come out because they are such physical players. They're so good with the ball. They see this, they see the floor so well in particular Gillespie and they trust their teammates. And that's the thing you see with that team. They trust each other on the floor. Mm. They make the extra pass for the good looks and that's why they shoot as effectively and efficiently as they do they're terrific at the free throw line they went 50 40 and 90 in that game in the first round yeah, I know it's Delaware and you're going to be able to get some good looks but 50 percent over 50 percent for the floor over 40 percent from three-point lane ran and over 90 percent from the free throw line doesn't happen too often in college basketball but Villanova has done it twice during the tournament during Jay Wright's tenure, so that's how they play. Can Ohio State match up with that offensively in that half-court set? Because I think that's what we're going to see. The, the pace of play is going to be slow for Villanova. They're, they've, now they only really go six players deep. There's not much of a bench there. So I think for, for Jay Wright's team, we know who they are. That's the identity. They're going to play to the identity of that team. And just the, the key for them is can they limit Ohio State to just one shot? If you can limit Ohio State to one shot – not getting second chances in this game. Uh, now with Kyle Young back in the lineup for Ohio State, I think that's the key for Villanova and their success. If it's any indication of Ohio State's going to shoot the ball in this game because Villanova will check you on the on the perimeter, Ohio State did not shoot the basketball well against mm-hmm. Loyola in that game. One of 15 from three-point land. They also turned the ball over 17 times. That's not a recipe for success to repeat in this game against Villanova. I... I I think I'm still going to stick with the total. I'm leaning towards Villanova in this spot, and I think there's part of me that just really likes this team, and I really like Jay Wright, and there's some youth on Ohio State that I'm not ready to trust here yet, but I do trust Villanova in these kind of spots. I think I'm still going to be just looking to play that under, considering it's been ticking up, which is interesting. I'm looking to go the other way and play contrarian here, sitting at 134.5. That's probably going to be my play.
Yeah, I was on the Loyola Chicago, so I was watching that game intently between Loyola Chicago and Ohio State, and the amount of misses that we saw in that game, yes. especially from the Ramblers, but Ohio State, like you mentioned, only one three-pointer made in that basketball game, so credit to them to be able to advance after shooting it so poorly from beyond the arc. They played a little bit better defensively. Now, that was a combination of Loyola also just missing quite a bit of shots. I think Loyola missed about 10 layups in that game, yeah. so that was just a bad offensive performance from the Ramblers. But I want to ask you, though, about this TCU and Arizona game. Well, we have about four minutes left here in the segment. Arizona's nine and a half point favorites against TCU, total 145 and a half. Everyone seems to be loving this Arizona team, and for good reason. They seem to check all the boxes. Are you buying Arizona in this game? And big picture, are you buying them long term to cut down the nets in New Orleans? Well, let's talk about this game first and and with the Horn Frogs won their first NCAA tournament game in 35 years and that was back when their head current head coach Jamie Dixon actually played on that team as a guard. <laughs> I mean, they finally got that off their back, right? Winning th- what's was that? I'll do the math here. 87, 1987, it's been that long since the Horn Frogs won a game. Now, yeah, you're going to be celebratory with that. Now, does that mean that was what you came for and you you're able to accomplish that win? Now you're going to go up against this number one seed here in Arizona that can just come at you in so many waves and I think for TCU it's going to have to be on that defensive side we saw that against Seton Hall although there's talk about Willard being gone as the head coach there Mm -hmm. players aware of that maybe that's a big distraction going into a game like that against TCU that is going to match up with you on the interior defensively slow that game down that was an ugly game another game you don't want to introduce somebody to if you're just getting them introduced to the march (laughs) into into conference or the (laughs) playoffs right a tournament basketball Basketball is watching that TCU Seton Hall game. That was a rough one to watch offensively. Neither team could find the rim uh, and put the ball through the net. But I think for Arizona here, uh, do they get talk about Kirk Kiersa coming back for this game? Now, he's their lead point guard, lead facilitator. But this is a team, Femi, that shares the ball very well. They're they they they're very unselfish team as well. They typically, their made baskets come off an assist 65% of the time. So even without their point guard out there the last few games, it's still been a team that does a tremendous job playing inside out, shares the basketball and and plays good team concept on that side of the floor because they are going to have a lot of off ball action uh, away from and you got you have to be disciplined DC, TCU will have to be disciplined playing Arizona if it gets into a half court game. Arizona wants to run and they did that with they did that in the first game uh, with Wright State and Wright State runs to run too. But Arizona was really sloppy with the basketball in that game. Femi, I think they had 19 turnovers yep. in that matchup, and it didn't really matter. It was open run for those guys, and they knew they they could handle Wright State whenever they really needed to. But the fact that they committed 19 turnovers and only forced six. Not a lot of defense going on for that team right now in Arizona. Have to pick up that defense to match up here with TCU. Contrast in styles, looking at that total. Again, I'm just feeling the unders today, Femi. And that yeah. total sitting there, where, where's that total now? Is it dropping? It's sitting at 145 it's, and a half, 146. It's ticked up a little bit from yesterday, James. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of with you on this under. I'm waiting to see if it goes to 146 maybe. But this team, it seems like an under game to me as we're sitting at 145 and a half over at BetMGM. Well, they're going to, for TCU to, to compete in this game for 40 minutes, they're going to have to make it an under game and slow the base, pace down. And it's not a p- terrific perimeter shooting team by any means. Play the half court style, protect the rim. 
Do not let Arizona crash the boards with their bigs and get second chance opportunities. I, again, I feel like that's the pace of play here. Jamie Dixon knows his team. That's the style they're going to have to play to compete against the number one seed here to pull off this upset. That's probably the way I lean rather than taking the points with TCU or laying it with Arizona. Too many sitting at nine and a half. I'm probably leaning towards that. But you said it's ticking up. So we've got some time before that game tips. Probably wait to see where the public goes with this. See if they keep betting the over. And I'll probably be going contrarian again and playing that under. We're watching this Houston, Illinois game. I think they just called a technical on one of the Illini players for hanging on the rim after a dunk there. And it didn't seem like he hung on it excessively. And that's exactly what it was. You get the reaction from him on the replay. So Illinois gets, or rather Houston gets a free basket with the free throw there as they lead it by five with 825 left to play. So a lot more to break down with these second round games in the NCAA tournament. And we'll do that on the other side here while also keeping tabs in Pittsburgh in Houston, Illinois. Sportsbooks loving it. We're hoping you're loving it as well. This is Betting Across America. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.